Blog Talk Radio. On this week's episode of Rattle Up, we will address some of made, including the signing of veteran catcher Caleb Joseph and how this will affect the catching carousel. We'll predict stats for all the catchers and first basemen on the roster how the, and how they'll perform in 2019. And finally, break down the news and rumors surrounding Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and, their, and set their chances of joining a team in the NL West. Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake, and I am joined here today by my co-host, Chris. Hey, guys. Hey, Chris. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday night and looking forward to our three-day weekend here, courtesy of President's Day. Hope you all got some fun stuff planned. A couple of quick announcements here before we get started. If you are looking to grab some tickets for some spring training games this year, looking looking to attend a concert or any event in general, Head over to stubyard.com and use the code BPN10 for for 10% off any purchase. Again, that is BPN10. Also, we have our monthly merch design for Rattle Up. This month, this month uh, features a draw dice and t-shirt design. So if you're interested in that, go check it out at baseballpodcastnet.com. And finally, if you like, if you like to call in during the show and talk about, you know, anything about the D-backs or about the MLB, that number is 845-277-9345. Some news here. On Wednesday, the Diamondbacks announced that they signed catcher Caleb Joseph on a one-year contract. Uh, he will make $250,000 if he plays in the minors and $1.1 million if he, if he makes the major league roster. Um, this seems to be just a depth move. Uh, and and uh, on top of that, uh, on top of that, to make room for him on the roster, the, the D-backs uh, put Taiwan Walker on a 60-day uh, now-called injured list which was already going to happen because he, he's obviously out with Tommy John. So, Chris, what are your initial initial thoughts of this move? Um, I think it's just another signing to add depth. I, I, I don't think he's going to be in the majors at the start of the season. They might call him up if it's an injury, but I, I think it's just depth, and I don't think he'll be in the majors for uh, yeah. this for very long. Yeah, I, I see him as, a de- as depth, too, because I think that um, just with a tandem of Avila – um, Murphy and Carson Kelly. I think those are those are the three main guys that you want to uh, rely on. But you know th- that's the thing. If Tori Lovello and all the guys are insisting on keeping three catchers on the roster, the only catcher we really have besides that is I. Uh, I mean, there's not really a lot. There's Dalton Varsho, but he's still a prospect, and they're still letting him develop. I think there's guys like Cody Decker, um, but no one that's really major league cal- caliber. So yeah, I think it's a good depth signing because Joseph, you know, he he's he's first of all he's experienced in the major leagues. Um, he's not the best offensive uh, minded catcher, but you know his defense is solid. I think he, yeah he threw threw a he threw out twenty nine point four percent of runners. Um, yeah, so he's it seems like he's going to serve as just a backup, just in case you know maybe in spring training or earlier in the year if Avila Murphy or Kelly you know if they get if they go down with injury. Or you know if if he decided to cut one of them, um, yeah. So I, I still think, I don't I still don't think that the catching carousel is going to be affected that much. I you know there's still the three main guys. Avila, it seems like um, Lavello and the crew are rocking with him as their number one catcher. 
just for the experience that he's had and and uh and then you know think John Ryan Murphy is in and uh Carson Kelly are also gonna split that time. But the thing is I, I mean I, I, I get the uh, I get that there it's a depth move, but I think there's other holes in the roster they need to address besides you know, besides catcher. But anyways yeah, I think I don't think it's move hurts at all. I think it's a it's a it's a low risk, uh, you know, medium reward type of move. Um so Chris, do you yeah, do you, you don't see um him getting like a lot of playing time over the or three main catchers, right? No, I don't, I don't see him getting much time. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll probably just spend the year in AAA and, until someone gets called up or he'll just release him before the season starts. Uh, we're going on here into our first segment. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna predict uh, some of the stats um, and just some, how, how we expect some players to perform for the 2019 season. Um, we're we're going to be covering the catchers in the first baseman here. So I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna read off some of some of the what, some of the stat lines, and Chris, you're just gonna say if, if you think it's gonna be over or under, and explain why. Alex Avila over or, or under 100, 100 games played. Um, under. under because yeah. I think they uh, with so many catchers on the roster, there's no need for one to play 100 games, especially since he's uh, not that great. Yeah. Well, it's also because Mathis is leaving. Um, Mathis is leaving for Texas, and Mathis was pretty much Granky's personal catcher. So I think Kelly's gonna have, you know, I think it's pro- I think you know they're each gonna out of like, I think they're gonna be pretty even. I still think Avila's gonna be favored a little bit more, but yeah, I don't, I still, I still think he's gonna be playing as much. Uh, and then next for Avila, a 200 average and a 320 on base percentage. Um, I think that those are both gonna be higher. I think he'll have a higher average and on-base percentage. He's due for a bounce back here. He's had lots of uh, decent years, and last year was just an um, off year, it seems, and I think he's going to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, you talk about his 2014, uh, 2011 season when he was 29 years old, or sorry, not 29, 24 years old. He finished 12th in MVP voting. He was an all-star and also a silver slugger. He batted 295 with a 506 slugging at 895 OPS, 19 homers, 82 RBI, so he definitely has the experience in the past of being a solid catcher. Um, and last year, uh, check yeah, he did play. He played 80 games last year, so yeah, I, I expect him to play somewhere around that. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, you think he's gonna have a, a positive WAR, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then the next was a 30% caught stealing percentage. If I can just check what the what it was last year, just to give you a reference point. Oh uh, yeah, last year he also had thirty percent. Um, I think that's about right on. I that unless I haven't seen anything about him in all, his off season, so I don't know if they used been working on that. So I, yeah. I think it'll be the same around yeah. thirty. I mean, also we'll we'll get into this in the next uh, topic. Uh, I'll I'll go into that, but uh, catching uh, cost stealing percentage might be uh, a relevant stat uh, coming up here with the new era of baseball. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, next catcher here on the roster. John Ryan Murphy, um, over under eighty one games played. Under. Under, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I guess I think uh, games played. Let me see how many play he played last year. If I can just check real quick again. Hey, last year he actually played eighty seven, but I think a lot of that was pinch hitting. So I mean, games starting, I, I would say probably around fifty to sixty, and he'll probably be used as a pinch hitter a lot. Um, the next was a was fifteen extra base hits and a six fifty OPS. Um, I 
I don't know how many extra base hits he had last year, but uh, 18. I think he'll 18. I think he'll have more than 15 this year. With uh, uh, I I don't know. I just think that he'll be better this year after adjusting to being in Arizona a little more. Yeah, I I definitely think he's probably our best offensive catcher, and and yeah. Um, uh, next catcher here coming up on the roster, um, is Carson Kelly. And I, the thing I had here was was over under under 50 games played. Under, I think they're still trying to develop a little more him a little more, get him to see other more experienced catchers go out there, and then next year or a few years down the road that he can uh, get more time. Yeah, and then the next stat um, last year, well, he actually did not have a lot of time last year. He only had 35 at bats, but 15 extra, uh, also for him 15 extra base hits and a 650 OPS. Um, I think that I think he'll have um under on that since I don't I bet he, I don't think he'll have enough time to get all of those extra base hits and uh, his uh, guess is he'll probably do a lot of pinch hitting like uh, Murphy did last year so I don't think he'll get much time to get any of those stats up. Yeah, uh, final stat here for Kelly is a 35% cost ceiling percentage. Uh, just keep in mind in 20 where was that? In 2017, he actually had a, he had a 40-45% cost ceiling percentage. Again, that was only under 11 attempts, but still, that that was pretty good. Um, I think he'll have a. Uh, I think he'll be over. I think he's a he's a young he's a young catcher with a good arm, and I think he'll have more than 35%. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I I was going to get into this. I think the the, the catching percentage stat. Um, or the cost ceiling percentage stat, I think it's kind of it's moving towards and being an relevant stat because I don't think base stealing is su- such a big part of the game um, as it was, you know, in the past years. Because I think with all these sabermetrics and anal- analytics, I, I think teams are realizing that unless you have like D Gordon out there who can steal a base up like um, almost all the time, it's not worth it to steal with the chance of getting out. Um, and yeah, so I don't think I, I mean I with the D backs last year too, they didn't I don't think they stole as much. So, yeah, do you, I mean, can you see that in the future, um, the stealing being not as big of a part of the game? Um, I don't know. I think it just depends on what the next kind of uh, players, the next generation of players are, if they're faster players or if they're more uh, power guys that won't be still on many bases. Yeah. Final catcher on the roster here before we get into the first baseman. Uh, kind of already discussed this, but Caleb Joseph under or under over under forty games played. Um, under. Yeah, I can see that too. I mean, I think he'll get some. I definitely think he will get some playing time at at some point, but um, yeah, just when that is, I don't. I mean, like, it, I mean, I, I'm just thinking that's going to be a um, is going to be an just an injury, and then so and then someone's going to get some playing time, or he's going to get some playing time since one of the three catchers are going to get injured. So moving on here into our first baseman, we have two that are going to be interesting to talk about. Um, first one here is Jake Lamb, um, over under 130 games played. I think he'll have less than that. Not is much, that, but I think he'll have a little bit less. Is that just due to injury, you think? Um, due to him not playing against lefties pretty much at all and just uh, him being new to first base, well, 
relatively new in the major leagues. He hasn't. I don't know if he's played much, any first base. I, I don't think they'll be putting up him out for 130 games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll probably be under two. Just, I think he'll be a good pinch hitter. Obviously, up the bench, he'll probably be our main choice for righties. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I think he's gonna get most of the time uh, against righties, just because you know he's probably, you know, he's probably our best left-handed power bat. Um, yeah, and then the next one was 25 homers and 75 RBIs. Um, I think he'll have uh, less. I'll, I think he'll be under for that. Yeah. I mean, again, again, you never know because he had shoulder problems last year, and you never know what the, what, how that's going to affect the player. But you look back on the 2017 season, um, he had an amazing first half. He he's, he um, struggled a lot in the second half. Is pretty sure you can, you can remember that. But uh, he did have 30 home runs and 105 RBIs. And the year prior, he actually had 29 home runs and 91 RBIs. So he's shown potential in the past to just be a high number, um, high you know run producer type of player. And I think at first base, I think last year he was really focusing on fielding um, and, and, and just his defense more. Um, but I, um, at first base, you know that that's not as a defensive heavy position. So I could see it. I could see those numbers. I could see the numbers turning. But again, that's just due to injury and everything. It, it, we'll we'll just see how it plays out. Um, last player here for predictions is Christian Walker. Um, he's going to be probably the first baseman that's going to start versus lefties, and he's definitely going to get some time versus uh, uh, one of my. He's definitely get some a lot of pinch hitting opportunities. So first thing here was thirty five games started. Um, I think he'll have just about there. Maybe I'm not sure if he'll have a little less or a little more. But it'll be around thirty to forty games. Yeah, I mean, I think he 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 obviously hasn't he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. He's actually, if I can just check what the baseball reference says here, he actually made his debut back in twenty fourteen. But he's only had eighty eight total or ninety eight ninety nine total plate appearances. So he's not even had a hundred plate appearances yet. So he's not he's he's hadn't hasn't had enough time. And but in Triple A, if I um let me just hit uh, show minors here. Yeah, in 2017, um, in 2017 in AAA, he was he was a beast, um, batting 309, 32 homers, 114 RBIs, almost a, a thousand OPS. So, yeah, I definitely think he could be a viable part of the offense if he gets enough playing time. Any final thoughts, Chris, before we take it to an ad? Um, no, nah, I think uh, catcher and first base are definitely some of our weaker positions, but uh, I think all these players mixed together can definitely step up and uh, get us some. Uh, Get us a get us in a relatively good position. Nowhere that Goldie could have gotten us, but I think yeah. uh, they'll all step up. Yeah. All right. I'll end our first segment here. We're gonna take it to an ad. Hello, guys. This is Benson from Bucko Booth. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. We have a very special show lined up for you. Love is in the air with Valentine's Day, and we're gonna talk about what you should love about the Pittsburgh Pirates, as well as talking about the spring training television schedule that was just released and how you can watch your spring bucks in action on the TV, and it'll give you the radio schedule as well. Also, we'll be discussing Francisco Leona's role come opening day. Will he make the opening day roster? Will he be in AAA? Starter reliever? Who knows? We're going to make our predictions and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth. Make sure you tune in 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday morning for another great episode of Bucko Booth. I'll let you guys get back to this episode you're listening to 
I'll see you Saturday. All right, moving into our second segment here, um, talking about the possibility of the two, two, of the, two of the game's biggest names, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, the possibility of them uh, moving over to the NL West and either joining the Giants or the Padres. So, uh, Chris, just what, what, just initial thoughts. Um, what do you think the chances of one of these two players actually joining the NL West are? Uh, yo, uh, Chris, if you can scale a little closer to your mic, I can barely hear you. Yeah, I think the uh, – sorry about that. I think that uh, the Padres will de- have the best chance of any team. Any of the NLS teams, I think they're either going to get a – they have a decent shot at Harper and Machado, and I've seen they're both interested in them. But I'm not I – don't, I, I don't think they will go to the, either of those teams. And uh, I've seen Harper – there's three teams going after Harper, and then I think just I saw the uh, Padres going after the uh, – going after Machado. Yeah. Well, I think we, we're, we're going to have a decision coming here within the next couple of days. Um on a today, actually in the morning, uh, on 106.7, the fan and, and from a station in Washington D.C., uh, Chris Russell reported that that the Bryce Harper and his, his agents and his family, um, they, he has he he said that he wants the contract done by Valentine's Day and he's getting ready to make a decision by by it says by today, um, but obviously it hasn't happened yet, so it probably won't happen today. But it seems. And this seems like a, tr- a trusted source. It seems that Harper will sign eventually. He's probably already made his decision, and he's just waiting to announce it. He will sign probably in, in the next, probably over the weekend, I'm guessing. Um, but then again, you know, with, with what the free, how free agency has been, I, I I think it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if if he I wouldn't be surprised if he if he doesn't sign this weekend. Um, so yeah, I th- I think that the decisions are coming. I think the decisions are, are coming soon. From both from the, from the both of them, so there has obviously been a lot of uh, there has obviously been a lot of talk about Harper going to the Giants. There's really been no talk about Machado going to the Giants. So it's I think it's either it, it it's down to the two teams. The it's down to two teams. It's down to the Giants and the Padres. The Dodgers doesn't seem like they're going to make any push for Harper at all. Um, so I think the Padres are the biggest suitor to sign one of them. I, I just don't think the Giants with all just I, I don't know. It seems like there's going to be a lot, just too many rumors, everything that I don't think the Giants are going to have any chance of getting them. Um, just from what I've been, just from what I've been seeing. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think at least one of them will go to the Padres. I don't think both of them are, but if I had to guess, I think Machado is more likely. Uh, Christy, who do you think is more likely to go to the Padres? Um, I don't think either of them will go to the Padres because I still think they're uh but I think the I saw they were going after. Uh, I think they I saw Machado they were going after more. So I think that if they were to somehow sign one, he just decided that they were gonna go that he was gonna sign with the Padres. And then I think the Machado would definitely be the best uh, fit for him. And I think I saw that they were going after him more than any of them. Yeah. Um... Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union Tribune uh, reported that Padres GM AJ Preller met with Machado in Miami uh, at some point in the last week. You know exact details of when that was, but it seems like they are definitely you know trying to meet with him. And I don't know if they actually had a meeting with Harper yet, but yeah, they definitely had a meeting with Machado and and uh, 
if you look at it, it makes sense because I, I, I don't see necessarily Harper going to the Padres, but because if we just look at their outfield, I'm, they have, they, you know, they already have a, a, very, a very fair share of outfielders. I'm just going to list them off here. Franchi Cordero, Travis Jankowski, Manuel Margot, Hunter Renfro, and uh, Pramo Reyes, and also Will Myers, but it, it seems like he might, might be playing third base. So those are at least five guys here. You want Margot to be uh, playing every day in center um, just because, you know, he's young and you want him to develop. Framo Reyes is also looking like a stud. Um, you guys got like guys like Hunter Renfro, Franchi Cordero, um, who are also, you know, young and they can develop too. So, I, again, I don't see, you know, I don't, I don't see Harper go at, at, to the Padres as, as such a I – don't, I, don't, I don't see Harper to the Padres as I think that the Padres already have enough depth, but – just looking at their roster, their best shortstop right now is Greg Garcia. I mean, Chris, do you even know who that is? I mean, the name sounds familiar, but I have I've never like heard anything about him really. Yeah. Um, uh, he, they lost Freddie Galvis, didn't they? Yeah, I think I don't remember where he was. I can just check this real quick. Didn't he sign with quick. the Blue Jays? Oh yeah, yeah, he he is playing for the Blue Jays, yeah. So they lost him. Their best shortstop is Greg Garcia, um, and he's, I think he used to play for the Cardinals. He was a backup. I mean, he's solid as a bench player. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not an everyday shortstop. Padres, yeah, obviously have a huge hole um, at shortstop. I think signing Machado, um, you know, especially um, – if you sign Machado right now, Machado's only 26, so you give him – let's just say you give him eight years um, – Eight, Machado, eight years, ten years. The Padres are are expected to be competing sometime, you know, within 2021, 2022, that, that, uh, that time. So you're getting Machado in his prime probably around 2930. That's going to be, you know, the height of when you're going to start, start to compete. And that's going to be, I mean, just looking at it, just you know, money, money, just money aside, that looks, I mean, that's a, that's a super smart move to make. Um, I mean, for, to get Machado. Do you agree with me, Chris? Yeah, I think a lot of the teams that are uh, top in players into getting uh, Machado, they're in rebuild mode right now, like the Padres and the White Sox. So uh, they definitely have a good shot of. uh, They definitely have a good shot at uh, getting them because when they're in their prime, when they're in their best, they're gonna be. uh, They're gonna be all their other players are gonna be ready to go and push for that championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Matthew here from Surprise. He uh, wants to join the show and talk about Machado. How's it going, Matthew? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, so just t- talk us through uh, what, what do you think about Machado and what's your overall thoughts on it? I mean, with him at the Dodgers for the like last season and after acquiring him in the – was it the January window, I want to say? For after acquiring, not, acquiring no, who? The, um, the Dodgers acquired Machado. No, that, that was a mid-season a, trade. That All Star break. Oh, that was mid-season. Okay. That yeah. Was, yeah. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Um, they had a really good push to the World Series for a second year in a row, and sadly were defeated in what was it? Was it a mm, five five game five? series? Five yeah. game series. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. And I mean, with him possibly. Is he possible he's going to stay in the NL West, or does he is he on free agency now? Oh uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's been reports. I, 
The only team in the NLS that's shown interest in Machado is is the Padres, and I don't think any team's going to pop up um, because I mean, if you look at it, you know, all the other teams, you know, are set at short, set at pretty much pretty much set at shortstop. You know, Giants have Brandon Crawford, um, D-backs have Nick Ahmed, who they want to rock with. Um, Rockies have Trevor Story, obviously, and Dodgers getting Corey Seager back. So the Padres are the only team that have a hole at shortstop, and I could see that. So. I, I think he, he would like San Diego. I think he could really be a star there since the Padres don't really have that one star player. Um, I mean, there is Eric Hosmer. I wouldn't consider him a, a face of a, a franchise, like like a, a fran- the face of a franchise. So, yeah. He's making a phrase, face of the franchise money, though. Yeah. True. Well, I think he he's only making, making like $15 million a year or something. Yeah. yeah. And then you cool. also said he has the possibility of going to the White Sox? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah those, those were the ten of the teams from the start. Uh, just it was the, the Phillies, the White Sox, and and now the Padres. I don't think the Yankees with with their crowded infield. I don't think there's really any chance of of Yankees signing him. But then again, you know, if 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 it's like right right next right close to the season, the Yankees are the only one giving him a deal. Then yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but the two teams that I see are definitely the Padres because they could use some infield depth and they could. And I could also see the White Sox going for him as well. Yeah. Well, um, the, here's the thing, though. I, I mean, I just don't see why there's only th- like th- three main, ma- main teams that are going after Machado. Machado last year, he had adjusted to the, to, to the National League pitching. He still, um, I don't remember his exact stats if you pulled up here. He bat 297 with 37 homers, 107 RBIs. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, a top, top three, top two shortstop in the league. Obviously, I think Francisco Lindor is still the best, but. I don't know why a lot of teams aren't going for these guys like Harper and Machado. Um, I, there was a story, I mean, it, just Forbes uh, recorded last year that the MLB had, had a record revenue of $10.3 billion for 2018, $10.3 billion. There's no team in the, in the MLB that's worth under a billion dollars besides the, ra- the Rays at $900 million. You got teams that are worth four, $4 billion, $3 billion, $2 billion. I don't know why more teams aren't going after these guys. Um, you know, especially I think they're that, asking for too much money. They're asking for uh, too much money, and there's um, lots of free agents in the coming years that they're probably more interested in, so they're probably not going to go after these guys. Well, the thing is, yeah. if the MLB is making so much money, and they're – and, you know, uh, back in 2001, Alex Rodriguez, who I would say is, has, you know, is a at – that, at that time, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It was like he kind of had the same, you know – well, he had kind of the same deal as uh, as Machado and Harper. He was a he was he was a, he was a franchise face. He was a he was a superstar, and, and he got two, two, ten years, two hundred twenty two hundred fifty million dollars when he at, at two thousand one. I just don't get with with all the money that they're making compared to the contracts we see in two thousand one. I don't know why teams don't want to give these guys this money. And it's not like an Albert Pujols type deal or the, where he's like thirty something and he's been making money until he's what like forty three. I don't know how old Pujols will be in, when he his contract ends, but I mean, Machado is only 26, and, you know, Alex Rodriguez didn't really start regressing until his age, you know, age like 35, 36 years. So even a 10-year deal would still make sense, you know, just from, from a from a um, statistical standpoint. Um, and, you know, I hear, there was reports, I think, of the Mets and um, Bertie Van Wagen said they, they didn't want to go after Harper because they want to give Jeff McNeil time in the outfield. But here's the thing. The Mets, they're in New York. They need to, you know – if, if they're so worried about, you know, if all these teams are so worried about money, 
if you sign a guy like Harper, you're going to, you're going to sell that place out every single night, especially if in a place like New York, um, you know, they're, they're going to be a more, much more nationally covered team and no one's going to go pay to see, uh, to go to pay, to pay to see Jeff McNeil. People are going to go pay to see Bryce Harper because he's the face of baseball. I mean, I bet he people and yeah, yeah, but they're Mets fans. So they probably don't, aren't the biggest fans of Harper. Well, I'm not saying just True. the Mets, but just any team in general. I mean, if if teams like – I don't know what other teams are really – yeah, but, I mean, if, if some of these teams go out and sign um, Harper or they sign Machado, they're going to be making so much money from ticket revenue – or, yeah, from tickets revenue and just, just all these – you know, they're going to have so much increased attendance. And it's just – I think it's, it's an investment that you get back from and you get also get back, you know, a really high-quality uh, level of playing. Um there's just some of the, I mean, there are so many free agents out there. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of them real quick. Um, uh, first of all, thank, uh, Matthew, thank you uh, for coming on to the show. Um, yeah, and have a good night. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was good to be on. Yeah, see, yeah, see ya. Um, yeah, but pretty much just there's a lot of free agents left out there. I mean, I, I, I can see why teams aren't going for this, but these aren't like Albert Pujols, you know, of those those type of contracts, these guys are only 26 and they're not even in their prime yet. So, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, Chris? Yeah, but these players are making a lot of money. They're not the most liked players, and maybe they're just looking. Maybe they're going to try and sign Trout in a few years. Yeah. But I, yeah. So I think that's why they're just making too much money, and they're not. And probably most teams fans won't like them that much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, thank you guys for joining the show tonight. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for calling in. Everyone have a good night. See you later. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710, and Blake Warner at Everything d Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D. CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.